what's up everybody and welcome back to baseball connection so a lot to discuss let's just jump right into it the first big news the first big piece of news to discuss is that the phillies have fired joe girardi he's out as phillies manager the team announced on friday they he's been relieved of his duties immediately coaching assistant bobby meacham has also been dismissed and they're Former bench coach Rob Thompson is now their interim manager, and he's going to hold that position for the remainder of the season. You know, we were actually just talking about the Phillies a couple days ago, how it's been a frustrating season for them up until this point, and they feel, this is what Dave Dombrowski said, their president of baseball operations, says, we feel our club has not played up to its capabilities. And that's very true, if we're being honest. I mean, the Phillies came into the season with a lot of expectations and hoping to end what's now been more than a decade-long playoff drought. That just hasn't happened yet. I mean, the Phillies have just fallen into a really bad position, plummeting seven games under 500, 12 games out of first place in the National League East. Of course, not everything falls on Girardi. I mean, they've routinely been one of the worst defensive teams in baseball over the past decade, but they're their offseason strategy was not to remedy their defense. It was actually to double down on the idea of giving big long-term deals to to big bats with defensive limitations. You're talking about guys like Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos. So that's not Girardi's fault. But, you know, a lot of people believe that Girardi's problem has been using the relievers at his disposal. He hasn't managed the bullpen very well. Um, I mean, that's obviously a very tough job to do, but Girardi has faced plenty of criticism the way he manages that bullpen. I mean, look at the way he's handled Corey Kniebel recently. Um, Yeah, there's a lot going on in Philly. There's also just the idea, this is something you can't really quantify as much, but people say Girardi has lost his voice in the clubhouse, that they don't really listen to him as much. He's not well-respected. Once you lose a clubhouse, it, you, you you can't control a team. If the guys in the clubhouse don't respect you, that that's a sign of disaster most times. But, I mean, Bryce Harper I, at least continues to be a powerhouse in the middle of the lineup, lineup. I mean, not just him. They have other good hitters, and they have a good hitting team. They just need better defense and someone to manage the bullpen better. The pitching on paper is going to be decent. Wheeler, Nola, Gibson, you know, all these guys are pitching well. All their ERAs are comfortably below four. So we have three good starters right there. There is stuff to work with in Philadelphia, but Girardi won't be the one, won't be the one leading that ship. It's not a completely lost season though. I mean, it's still just early June. But this is a team that's worth monitoring closely over the next six weeks because if they're unable to write the ship, I mean, they have a deadline decision to make, right? I mean, August 2nd is the trade deadline. Maybe they might have to trade some notable veterans. Who knows? So that's news coming out of Philadelphia. In other news, the Astros have agreed to a six-year, $115 million extension with Jordan Alvarez, left-hand slugger Jordan Alvarez. You know, th- this is an interesting 
one. It's the latest in a series of long-term deals handed out by Astros owner Jim Crane, including Altuve, Bregman, and McCullers Jr. I mean, they did lose Springer and Correa recently, and now they've decided to lock up Jordan Alvarez. So Alvarez is one of the most promising young sluggers in the game. He's 24, and he was the AL rookie of the year in 2019. And honestly, if you look at his numbers over his career, Jordan Alvarez has been one of the best few hitters, like top three hitters in baseball over the past three seasons. It's it's pretty remarkable what he's done. And he just hits the ball. When you look at Wade Runs Creative Plus, it's like, I believe it's Mike Trout, Jordan Alvarez, and Juan Soto, who have the top three Wade Runs Creative Plus over his time. Because, you know, Alvarez has missed some time. He missed most of 2020 after a pair of knee surgeries. But, I mean, his first full season in the big leagues, like from start to finish, was 2021. And he was good. He had 277 with 33 homers and 104 RBIs. And he was great in the playoffs, ALCS MVP. And having another very strong season this year. So, the Astros actually acquired Jordan Alvarez in what might go down as one of the best trades in franchise history. I mean, right now the best trade in Astros history is 1990 Jeff Bagwell for Larry Anderson. And that's, we're talking about some of the most lopsided deals in club history. But Houston got Alvarez from the Dodgers on August 1st, 2016, in exchange for a relief pitcher named Josh Fields. And no one really knew much about Alvarez. I mean, back when he was at the Dodgers, but he made his pro debut later that year in the Dominican Summer League. And, I mean, eventually blossomed into becoming this this monster. I mean, this dude just mashes. So, congrats to him getting his money. And he's going to be staying in Houston for the time being, but he's, he's secured the bag for sure. Speaking of the Dodgers, let's head out to L.A., where there is a impressive pitcher by the name of Tyler Anderson turning heads for the Dodgers. So he now has the longest scoreless streak in the majors this year. He tossed six strong frames over over the Mets, against the Mets in a win. He has not allowed a run in 26 innings now. And injuries have, have now allowed him to become a fixture in the LA rotation. But he's more than fulfilling his role. I mean, because initially he was thinking he was going to make a couple starts, fill in here. But now he is he's here to stay. I mean, 10 appearances, that's eight starts. He's pitched with 2.59 ERA. And he's got a scoreless streak of inning streak of 26 right now. That's that's saying a lot against a good team in the Mets, too. They're against a good Mets team. So that's that's great stuff. So keep your eye out. Out for Tyler Anderson out in L.A. Because he's doing some special things. Let's head to Milwaukee where the Padres beat the Brewers 7-0. Joe Musgrove threw eight innings of one-hit baseball. And, yeah, no-hitter eluded him. We, we saw him throw a no-no last year. And, I mean, he was, he was close again. He was close again. He flirted with a no-hitter this time. But... He'll take it. I mean, he had a no-hit bid into the eighth inning. Then Colton Wong broke it up. But, I mean, after and after seven and two-third innings, the no-hit bid was over. But at the end of the day, 
this is a phenomenal start. He has been a completely different pitcher over the last few seasons. We saw him break out last year, and he just continued the same this year. Offensively, for the Padres, Manny Machado continues to lead the charge. Three-run homer for him. He's been phenomenal this year, off to a really good start. And he has been everything the Padres could have hoped for and more. You know, Manny Machado has always been consistent his whole career. He's been very reliable, and he continues to do that this year. Let's head to New York. So the Yankees got a really good start from, actually, they got two really good starts in a doubleheader the other day, Nestor Cortez and James and Tyone. Tyone flirting with a perfect game. He carried that into the eighth. And then the very next day, Garrett Cole, he also flirted with per- perfection, taking a perfecto into the seventh inning. Yankees dominated the Tigers by a score of 13 nothing. They are rolling. They are clicking on all cylinders. Garrett Cole finishes evening scattering two hits over seven innings, striking out nine, no walks. So this Yankees team is very dangerous right now. They're pitching so well. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're beating up on teams. Not much else to say there. I will also mention that a player by the name of Manny Banuelos, relief pitcher for the Yankees, he made his debut 14 years after he signed. 14 years after he signed. I mean, he was once a celebrated pitching prospect in the Yankees organization. He was part of the hyped Killer Bees group. That also included Dellen Betances and Andrew Brackman. But he finally got his moment in pinstripes. He recorded the final six outs in the Yankees' big victory. But it had been 1980, sorry, nine, it had been 983 days since his most recent appearance in the majors when he faced Cleveland as a member of the White Sox. Now Ben Willis is 31 because he originally he really signed with the Yankees out of the Mexican League in 2008. Pitched his way to big league camp in 2011. And, you know, he he struggled to stay on the field after a bunch of injuries in 2012. Then he missed all of 2013 after Tommy John. And the Yankees traded him. And in 2015, he's had international stops, you know, in the Chinese Professional Baseball League. And he played the Mexican League. He's, he's pitched all over the world. And now he's back with the Yankees, back in the major leagues. So... That's that's a feel-good story. That's a feel-good story. So, I'll also say Aaron Judge and Paul Goldschmidt were named Players of the Month. Obviously, Judge in the AL, Goldschmidt in the NL. And that's going to do it. I'm just going to wrap it up there. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.